Send your wave here tonight, God. Send your wave, Lord. The mighty wave of your Holy Ghost, the mighty
Mm. And we're learning how to surf his story. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Surfboard. Amen. <laughs> hey, Riding the wave of the Holy Ghost. Living water. It ain't a gentle brook. It's a Violent. big kahuna. Big kahuna ministries. I had a dream about the wave recently. <laughs> or like a typhoon. Yeah, that was part part one of getting ready for the culmination of all things at the end of the age. Part one was learning how to surf this giant catastrophic wave, which was the glory. <laughs> and most people were afraid for their lives running, and it was about to destroy, like, everything. And it was way more chaotic than we probably thought. And I was like, all right, this will be fun. So everyone's screaming and running the other way. And there's a few of us that are just like, come on, let's go. <laughs> and it's like a tsunami. Ah! It's like a tsunami of grace. Dog, how far can my doggy paddle get me? Let's try. Let's try. I think it was like, I did feel like I was doggy paddling a little bit. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> and that's really how celestial bodies are getting shaken. You might need a drink for this wave. You know, Genesis talks about the waters above. So we're surfing the waters above. I'll tell you what I'm experiencing this week. Oh, fire. In the cosmic waters, it feels like I'm physically fasting. You know, the sensation with no food after a couple days and your body feels really different. And it's, it's not any of the soreness, the pain or any of that. It's like you feel like you're fasting. Yeah. In these cosmic living waters... Even up here, preparing for tonight's Joel's Bar, if I felt that feeling again, like, you're fasting. We've been feasting, but it feels like yeah. fasting. You can't run away from it up here. Your <laughs> spirit starts to devour you. And, and so that's what Rebecca like said was going on, because I'd never yeah. felt that except through fasting. Uh -huh. And I've been feeling it all the time this week. And my mm -hmm. spirit is devouring my body. Right, that's why when you're preparing to launch into the cosmic realm, to the moon, uh, fasting is really important uh, because you want to crucify that flesh. You want to bring it into subjection. And when you start going up, I would say until you get into the sun, you want to have regular fasting. Oh, they released the Kraken. I can feel it. <laughs> Something brushed by her leg in the water. It's jaws. No, wait, it's paws. It's the electric <laughs> eel. It's the electric <laughs> have a drink of cosmic glory but yeah once you once you come up uh, you'll notice there are some side effects <laughs> and I tell you the truth the joy of the Lord is completely different up here it's enhanced it's bigger it feels more outside of you and less like inside you it feels more spacious and surrounding, like it's a surround sound. Kind of like you're encapsulated. I'd I'd call it like a realm of Merkaba. Oh. I think the heavens, because it's called clothing in the New Covenant, it's a it's an external clothing. I think really when you're under the sun you're getting sanctified for the internal clothing. Mm. It's like you're inside plumbing. And for the most part, what I've experienced the last seven months, rising into cosmic righteousness, it's like an external clothing. Wow. You know, a lot of you have been seeing 818, 
you know, like we we said, you would see eight one eight, and then you guys started seeing eight one eight. We're not going to go into you know where that comes from on this episode. Maybe another time, but essentially what that represents is there's a special garment of Joseph. The garment of splendor that was given to him, not the first garment, the first one that his father gave him. It was legitimate. It represented the seven heavens, or the seven spirits, right? Realizing God within you. It was given to him by his father. But his brothers were able to take that from him. It was covered in goat blood at the end of it. Or what was the animal they killed? Was it a goat? They Some kind of animal. They killed a goat, that's for sure. For sure. Anyway, it needed to happen. <laughs> and kill the, kill the fattened calf and kill the, the, fat and calf the mark of the beast while you're at it. While you're at it, right. <laughs> In fact, everything is tested in fire, which means you test Probably everything. Probably going to get murdered. Yeah, with the, with the priesthood's death. With the death of Jesus, which is the priesthood's sword. So that first robe was taken and stripped from him and then what happened he goes through this whole process of learning to trust in god despite horrible external circumstances with literally no one to answer his questions or to really help him or to pray for me right there's no one pray for me in the pit ministries pray for me in the pit ministries <laughs> my brothers sold me into slavery <laughs> ministries <laughs> well that's relatable but it was part of god's plan yeah and we never got bitter about it yeah so god worked things out with him and he grew and he matured and he learned how to hear the voice of god he learned from the spirit you know dream interpretation he learned hard work Right, a little bit of that elbow grease, a little hard work, and God blessed everything that he did. And uh, he overcame. What did he overcome? The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. Now, if you, when we were looking at the 12 patriarchs, if you um, go into Jasher and the 12 patriarchs, put those together and look at Joseph's story. And the 12 patriarchs, which some of you have been watching recently, we recommend... It's on Christopher Christopher Glenn's channel on YouTube. Really wonderful read-along. Joseph didn't just ignore Potiphar's wife. Mm. It wasn't just the kind of test that most people might not even pass anyway in this day and age. But it was so much more intense than that. It says that she was hiring magicians, plural. Like, she was hiring... We're talking Egyptian magic in a day of sorcery. (laughs) And their dominance over... And potions. And potions. Yeah, should I give him love potions? I was like, look, he didn't even, like, he passed, she she made it pass at him. He passed the test. Then she comes back with potions, magicians. (laughs) Like, this girl was. Leopard pheromones on him. And and it blew my mind. I was like, this dude was dealing with Egyptian sorcery coming against him and lust. Like, the only step higher than that is dealing with like an actual prince, and she was pretty. I think she was really popular, well known. I get that, that vibe from you know, you know, Potiphar was really prominent. You know, he had a, he had a good position in their kingdom, so it was kind of that that like Egyptian celebrity, lust, magic, you know, stuff like that. So imagine like. I don't know who's. What the... are those three levels of lust you were talking oh, about? Oh yeah, the other so day? so there's these different levels of lust, and you'll have to conquer them in each one. Uh, they're you know the external, the normal lust, 
uh, but the, the highest level is the lust principalities themselves like um, you'll deal with like Jezebel or male Jezebel or like um, you know Lilith stuff like that you know some I also you really deal with it every time you ascend to a new degree of glory as you rise from the dead in degrees so you have the principality like the fallen angels of lust right those ones are the highest that's the the sorcery is so potent you have to be so rock solid and fortified in your mind in your will in your emotions and in your unconscious in your unconscious because you're going to encounter these uh, as you rise (coughs) you're going to encounter these as you rise when they're going to come at the opportune time so if you know that satan's coming at the opportune time what do you do don't give him an opportune time they're going to try and find your weakest point so make sure that there is no opportunity if they're okay which hour of the day is their guard down what if when they're asleep is their unconscious really unsanctified can i get them while they're asleep you know, is their spirit dormant, sleeping, or is their spirit awake while they're sleeping? Big difference, right? So, you know, I fall passing out on the battlefield, you know, not like that. Uh, and then so below that, the next level tier down from that is, uh, think like rich celebrity status, Luciferian, uh, you know, red or white magic, people who are empowered by those principalities, who they, they know how to work in their spirit and their soul, and they Ooh. know how to manifest things. They have a lot of wealth. They have a lot of beauty, stolen beauty from Tifret. Right? They have deals. They trade on altars so they can be beautiful and their offspring can be beautiful. And let me just interject right. one thing. Yeah. From Revelation, it says that you'll devour kings, generals, mm-hmm. and celebrities, and rich and poor, which are like five different right. categories of levels of ranking within demons. Right, so those categories, you have the principalities themselves of lust, kind of like those rich or famous or even just elite people, they don't even have to be famous, uh, who are empowered by them. That's also one that people might come across if you travel, you know, uh, in the invisible realm or you go on missions and things like that. You're going to have to probably face those kind of things. Uh, yeah, I've met them out there. There's always a test of for their false love or have compassion or pity on them and their problems, uh, using like white or red magic so we don't have compassion on that we bring the you have to this is the truth and the truth can't budge because they want to have their lives right they have all their knowledge of good for why you should feel sorry for them basically so you're dealing with all that kind of manipulation and then you know and then below that it's just like you know dealing with like earth people uh, and their various levels of whatever they have going on, being used by principalities or being used just by regular demons and not really understanding or knowing it, or their human nature has taken on the form of the fallen angels so much that they're kind of just sinning on autopilot and the demons don't even have to really bother. Uh, but most people, even most Christians, even most people I would say training to be champions might have difficulty with those lower levels you really want to get fortified if that's a weak area for you because I'm telling you like when I face these principalities and have overcome some of these by the grace of God sometimes it comes down to are you clothed in grace or not at that level and so you want to be walking in grace no matter what holiness you have I tell you what mm-hmm. the greater dependency on Jesus on yeah. the inside your inner man is a light being the new creature is a being of holy spirit truth 
which is light. And there's all different levels of light. That's why we go from glory to glory. Where's the glory to glory? In the development of the inner man, the inner man's brightness is your going from glory to glory. Each degree of brightness is a greater purity, but it's Jesus. It's Jesus. The brain will often think, well, it's because of these things that I did. What you've done is relied more on Him, His Word, His Spirit, His blood, and His water. That's what growing in grace is, is a greater measure of the Spirit of Jesus. The Bible talks about measurements of grace. There is a greater measurement of the Spirit on this person. Why? Because they had a dependency. They were trained through their faith to rely on Jesus more than themselves. Amen. Which means that Him on the inside is what prevents you from sin on the outside. Amen. So what does this have to do with 818, you might ask? Well, we just talked about Joseph and his <laughs> overcoming those levels. The reason why Joseph's name is inscribed on Yasad, or at that place of the moon, also representing the glory, the Shekinah of God, is because he overcame those in high Egyptian magic sorcery level. It's a very important spot. It's not just that first little, think, now you're on the moon, right? It repeats itself throughout that pattern. It, it, it's a sapphire stone, and it, it represents sexual purity. He was the only one out of the twelve that could handle that, and um, and he was called. He was pre predestined, you know, foreordained for it. Mm-hmm. And because he was able to get that and attain that by relying on God through all those times, he wrote. He was lifted up into that place. Mm-hmm. Even uh, his wisdom was above the wisdom of Pharaoh. The only reason Pharaoh was above him at that time is because that was the time in Israel according to God's timeline and what God was doing, even though in the invisible, Joseph surpassed Pharaoh. Pharaoh did not have that wisdom. He did not have that understanding. He did not have that coming in from the divine, from God. But he was just under Pharaoh just for that, you know, that was that time, that was that season. That was the divine plan. Joseph's story represents a person completely stripped of their humanity and dependent on God. It's just completely ridiculous. You're constantly facing death. The entire system of the world is against you. They're all lying about you. And what did Joseph do? He just always turned towards his God. And I could, as you're talking, I could see the angel of Joseph that was with him that he was having communion with the entire time he went through all the oppression. Which means, God was speaking to me this weekend, you will have the angels before you have Jesus. Now it's all sent from Jesus, and I know that might prick some of you, but it's the truth anyhow. The angels are mediators as you're growing into God. And you can find it everywhere. Every single apostle was working with angels and following angels before they even went to Jesus. So I'll tell you the truth, all of you, before you work with the the high heavens, you're going to be working with the angels through the low heavens, wherever you're at right now. And so Joseph had a cooperation with the angelic. You can guarantee it was the angels that saved him every single time. And if you read Jasher and Jubilees, it tells you that. It tells you that the angels intervened constantly because he put his faith in God. Now, 
There is an acknowledgement of angels. There's a speaking out loud, the awareness of angels, and putting and posturing your heart to be in that new creature realm. Your new creature should be more at home with the angels than with the natural dimension. Because you're born of spirit, you're born of the angelic realm. Seated with Christ where? In angelic places, which is the heavenly realms. If it's true, and it's the Bible, so you know it's true, how do you make it true for you? Believe in it. And then softening your heart, guess what that does? So you feel it. When you soften your heart, you'll feel everything you believe in the Bible. With a hard heart, it's still dead letter. You don't feel any of it. You only feel death and curses and nothing's going right. When you soften your heart, it allows you to be sensitive to the Spirit, oftentimes in dealing with your own murder, your own rage, your own anger, your own pride, and all that death dimension of Satan and sin that's inside every man's heart. The softening of heart is completely contrary to human nature. We want to protect our heart, guard our heart. We say, oh, we got to guard our heart. You don't guard your heart from Jesus. He stands at the door of your heart and knocks. You let him in constantly. Guarding your heart from Jesus make you insensitive to all the things of angels, which means you cannot be led by the Holy Ghost unless you're sensitive to angels. Never going to happen. Others that are sensitive to angels can help lead you until you're mature enough to be sensitive to your angels, to hear your angels, to watch your angels. Jesus would watch the angels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it says that he was watching the angels, and the angels, whatever they were doing, that's what Jesus began to do. The angels, whatever they were saying, that's what Jesus began to say. And he said, I only do what my father's doing. What was he watching his father? Sometimes, most of the time, I tell you the truth, he was watching angels. When he says, I'm hearing my father, most of the time he was hearing angels. Why? Because all the angels are, are the carriers Mm -hmm. of the father. And you know what's interesting about that too? If you are familiar with the RLM, you know, archives and this journey of angels and Enoch, (laughs) uh, it was in uh, December 8th of 2019, uh, that angel with that bunny-like appearance uh, was gifted into my life, and uh, throughout Is that the lowest-ranking angel. Yes, absolutely. You remember, yeah. Remember, hood the lowest-ranking hood angel my bunny. In the kingdom. <laughs> lowest-ranking angel in the kingdom was the one who brought me to the door of Enoch, and <laughs> and it was just the cutest. It looked like the cutest, fluffiest bunny angel out of this world just I saw it in a meadowy field and I was just like and and rub my face on it and it made me I was rubbing my face on it like this and crying because it was so cute it literally made me cry and it was so full of love and its job it looked like it's only I mean at first I thought its job must just be to get high and wander around these fields just float around with sparkles or look fluffy like that but then I found out it had this giant flaming sword it was like guarding the tree of life and the staff of Moses and then I was like holy shit (laughs) the lowest freaking angel is so strong he's OP I was just I was astounded it was crazy anyway it was the bunny 
and uh, it was submitting to that authority of the lowest ranking angel in heaven. And uh, you know it's funny, I kept the little screenshot of here. If you look up here, uh, its name is Zotiel, and it's of the order of cherubs and is known as the little one of God. And I was like, oh, isn't that nice? We're like two peas in a pod. And uh, the one who brings healing and reassurance to what? those in distress. What's so cool about that is nearly every day when we come to Joel's bar, there's rabbits in the backyard coming in, <laughs> rabbits in the backyard when we're leaving. Bunny. So Bunny it's almost Angel like boy. the natural realm mirroring, yeah. you know, these angels in the spirit realm. Right. So I encourage you that, you know, to embrace, if you're trying to find the door, right, because you, you can learn about this stuff. So they take me, this angel took me to the door. There was like a campsite there. I call it Shekinah Campfire. And uh, I would see different, so it was the tree, the door was in the tree. And I was, I would hang out by the campsite for a while. And, you know, there with the bunny. <laughs> and I would all the time around that time, I would, I kept hearing Bob Jones' voice saying random stuff to me sometimes. I'm just like, what is going on? What is with this tree? What is with this kind of campfire? And something about there's a campfire is above. And this is the campfire below. And I was like, man, this is so crazy. Like King Dave would come out. I saw Esther over there. And then I, I would check out the door. I, I didn't know how to go in. I didn't know if I should go in. It would kind of freak me out. But I would hear people talking on the other side of it. So I put my ear to it. And I would hear people on the other side. And then I would, I would, I would pray to God. And then I would speak through the door and see if anybody would answer. And so different people would talk to me through the door. And one of them one time, it was like, Obadiah. And then I got so excited. I was like, Obadiah, you're the guy who, you know, you, you got a book in the Bible. Good job. <laughs> I promised I read it. I just can't remember right now exactly what it says, what it was about. But I'm sure it's great. I Actually, I was planning on reading it tonight. <laughs> I was going to brush up since, you know, we're here talking. Anyway. It was pretty awkward <laughs> for me. <laughs> the lowest ranking celebrity in heaven, Obadiah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I promise I didn't read your book. I just probably couldn't understand it. I, don't <laughs> I was just being honest. But it, he was Sounds not... like we're in a humility intensive. I guess so. It's good. The worst of heaven <laughs> the ministries. Worst of... <laughs> you were on a roll. This guy's making me laugh all day today. We went for a walk. And the worst angels of heaven. And the worst saints. The, the new heaven. sapphire stone I'd never heard of before. <laughs> Maltoot. <laughs> mm -hmm. From the magical fruit. Maltoot. <laughs> oh, man. It's constantly make me laugh and have a good time. I appreciate that. And uh, so, yeah, the bunny, the door. And at some point, I got to go in the door. And, uh,. Yeah, then it was just like, oh my, fight for your life to get on the moon and stay on the moon. And then it, it was crazy because at that point, uh, you know, you had the, the cloud of witnesses, but then you've got like all of Jezebel's power all of a sudden. It's like, imagine like the rockets line up and they all of a sudden they point all at you and you're just like, what? I didn't ask for this. What is this? And everything's like trying to kill you. Everything from the the air and around the ground and up to the height of Jezebel's tower up to the moon was like attacking and then 
up above you had like the black sun and i was like oh my god there's space demon gods what in the heck what did i get myself into they're like rain and fire down from above and i'm just like mm-hmm. okay jesus we're gonna have to have a moment i'm just like i'm not even catholic i'm just crossing there's myself a, like there's a good reason why <laughs> the bible says archangels are assigned over those who rise right because if they're you not, you're dead. Quick. You learn to ask for help Because real the quick. principalities will literally kill you. Literally kill you. So God, in his word, has assigned mm-hmm. angelic principalities of heaven called princes and archangels or watchers over those who rise from the dead. Now, if you have a great destiny, they'll attack you while you're just in the dust of the earth. They'll attack you in the mother's womb. But... If you start to show interest in rising after you're born again into heavenly places and then maintaining territory, mm-hmm. you become hell's worst enemy quickly. They'll be talking about you in hell, coming up with strategies to make you look bad, to destroy your reputation, to slander, gossip, and do anything they can to hurt you and take you out. And the more you are victorious in conquering through resurrection, the more you take out that, and eventually we'll take out the entire accuser of the brethren Mm -hmm. by rising. But you can guarantee right now in this pioneering work throughout the cities and the nations of the earth where we're at today, they'll begin, and it'll mainly come from your own brethren, Mm -hmm. just like Joseph. It'll mainly come through born-again, even Holy Spirit believers attacking you. If you start to go into heavenly elevations through the narrow way, Mm Wide path exists through ascension. There's ascension wide path of mm-hmm. destruction as well. And those are the people that are still no persecution, 10,000 people mm-hmm. watching their live stream. And that is not the narrow path. I tell you what, it has not been pioneered. It is not popular. That's, most of that crap is hyper grace nonsense. And it's full of principalities. The narrow path today, you're like Joshua and Caleb, and it was Joshua and Caleb and their word against four million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with women and children, there's about four million Israelites. And so it's just Two everyone basically in disagreement because you have a completely different perspective of the promised land. In this case, the promised land, like we've been teaching you, is only the cosmic realms. Cosmic realm, promised land inheritance is all you're going after in your Christianity otherwise you're wasting your days Mm. you must go up after you're born again if you stay at the Mm -hmm. same level the Bible says if you turn back you're not worthy of me that there's a mark of a high calling we press on towards the prize in Christ Jesus and we're always marching forward always going higher always going up if you're not you're losing to the devil for whatever reason they got you distracted they got your mind deceived you believe wrong belief systems and through believing the wrong things that's what brings you into covenant with demon spirits and so everyone needs deliverance and deliverance comes from the deliverers through the resurrection by simply agreeing with the word and attaching your mind to the word now Going through the book of the 12 patriarchs, there's a common theme. Purity of mind. You talk a lot about the purity of heart, purity of spirit. Really what we're dealing with right now is the mind and the senses right here in the brain. So it's the brain and the purity of the brain. You get purity in your brain, 
Whew! Life for you is so much easier, you can't even imagine. This is the main thing the enemy attacks. They want to defile your minds, your brains. If they can get stuff inside there, it don't matter. You'll be hearing but never understanding. You'll be seeing but never perceiving. That's what the Bible says. Otherwise, you repent. What does repent mean? doesn't mean just change. doesn't mean just change your mind. Repent means penthouse, which means elevations. It means you'll go higher. If you hear, you'll go higher. It means you'll repent, you'll go higher. If you can see, you'll go higher. If you can't see and you can't hear, Jesus Christ said in the scriptures, you can't rise. You can't repent. Repentance is entirely based on elevations of your spirit and your soul which is your your morality of your spirit, your conscience. Your spirit man rises and shares those elevations through hearing and seeing with your soul, and it purifies your soul from unrighteousness. It'll cleanse your body and keep you healthy. Amen. It'll infuse wisdom as to what to do with your bodies all the time, because when you're controlled by the spirit, in the spirit of your mind, you'll know what to do in every area of your life according to the will of God. Mm-hmm. So all you need for wisdom is purity and clarity. And where does the purity and the clarity come from? The Bible tells you by the washing of the water of the living word. Mm-hmm. What's the li- difference between a living word and a dead letter? The living word is infused with the grace, the blood, the water, and the spirit of Jesus Christ. That's why it's alive. This is so good because look (laughs) at this in uh, Isaiah. Isaiah 12, 3. Man, this all, because it all comes to uh, Hod and Netzah. And those are pictured as fountains of salvation that flow into Yasad, which was represented in Joseph. So that's what we're kind of dealing with here. But all the streams, they flow through Hakma and Bina, which is uh, through deep springs, deep wells, right? Wells of salvation. Isaiah 12, 3. Therefore shall you draw water with joy out of the wells of salvation. And that here is, Therefore shall ye draw water with joy out of the wells of salvation so it's saab mayim shason mayan yeshua the mayan out of the wells of yeshua mm-hmm. out of hakma and bina and the only way to kind of make that connection between that word translated into hebrew and hakma and bina is somehow somebody got a hold of this document from the vatican <laughs> you know, secret knowledge, secret library. Maybe there's something else out there, but that's, you know, what we found. So, out of the Hakma and Bina, out of the deep wells of Yeshua. Because what are, what is the Keter, Hakma, Bina, Hesed, Gevora, Tifret, Netzah, Had, Yasad, and Malkut? It's the body of Christ. It's Jesus. It's the Word of God. It's that, in a sense, that DNA, body of Christ. that divine, yeah, that divine genetics of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that fills all things, that floods all things, and those are those attributes of God for us to learn, 
and potentially understand a God who is beyond our ability to understand and to fathom. So we grow in our ability to understand who he is by learning his ways, by learning his character, mm-hmm. his nature, right? Because if you abide in him, in his character, it's written, in his character and his nature, then you ask of him anything and he'll give it to you. Wells of, out of the Hakma and Bina of Yeshua. Therefore shall you draw water with joy out of the Hakma and Bina, out of those deep wells of Yeshua. And then Netzah and Had, they become the fountains. Those fountains, and they flow through what? Sexual purity. And what does this have to do with the 818 we're talking about? Joseph, the 818. He got another garment. What was the garment given to him that no one could take away from him? It was a garment of splendor. What does Had represent? Splendor. Out of the fountain overflowing from the deep wells of Yeshua. Through that sexual purity in Joseph's life, that garment of splendor from his heavenly father, not like the one from his earthly father, but the one his heavenly father, the second robe that he received, could not be taken from him. 818. That's your journey. Glory. Feel the angels doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Netza, Venus, victory, leadership, eternity, Moses, strength. One of the triad of the tactical, we call these, I know you guys are like this. This had to be on the guys' night. The tactical Sephiroth. Okay. How can you do warfare? What are those tactical sapphire stones for military, cosmic military purposes? Eternity, that eternal leadership. Not just of Moses, but like the one he said would come after him later on, who would be like him, and he was talking about the angel of Yahweh, from whose deep wells those came, the wells of Yeshua, the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the seven spirits of God within you. All this is within you. Victory, eternity, leadership, splendor, the glory, and sexual purity. Eternity is hidden in the heart. It is written. Which means it's the unfolding of how God created things perfectly as you grow in God inside mindedness. You have to go into your spirit, build up your spirit, know Jesus in your spirit, and the path becomes seen by your entire mind. Purity in your mind can only come through revelation of Jesus Christ in you. What does it mean to go from glory to glory? The nature of the light, which is the virginity of Jesus, the purity of Jesus, is what's renewing your mind. Book of the Twelve Patriarchs. Mm. 
the purity of the mind. When the mind was defiled, there was no protection. When the mind was purified, God was their protector. And so repent quickly and confess your sins one to another that you may be forgiven and healed, and God will raise you up. This is a springtime of cleaning. Spring cleaning. And it's a cosmic, powerful cleaning, and it's not using the same tools we have in past seasons. Where you might have addictions and problems and strongholds that you've been dealing with 10, 20, 30 years, a couple encounters in these higher realms, and you're changed. This has the, the potential of tearing down strongholds in your humanity, the 666 in your foreheads and your hands, so that you're never the same. God wants to dynamically transform your minds and instill disciplines of His Son, Jesus, in you. And He wants to make it easy. God's not trying to make it hard for you. The only reason why it's hard is when we're resisting the Holy Spirit from changing our minds. Now, your mind is DNA. Your brain is made out of DNA, which means it's made out of creation. And all that is in the world is DNA. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Which means it's hopeless in the human condition. Which means you got to have Jesus just messing up your DNA, the hope of glory. So without Jesus, it is absolutely hopeless. I mean, it is hopeless. But we have Jesus. And Jesus is our hope of glory when he messes our DNA. And so he gets inside your brain. That's why you want to just put the word inside your mind as much as possible. The things of God, hearing about the higher things of God, meditating always on things that are above and not below, Philippians 4, 8 says. So that your head is constantly getting hit by the angelic, which is the smearing. Where is the anointing? The word anointing means to be smeared. He wants to smear the DNA of your brains so that only Jesus is between your ears. That's the purity of mind. Where did the crown of the anointing, oh, the crown of holiness go? There was a gold plate they'd put on your forehead that says, Holy to the Lord. That gold plate is Jesus. Mm. <laughs> It's not just the inscription of some kind of listening to some kind of teaching. It's God himself messing up your head by going into your head. So it's entity wars. These are sentient beings with feelings and emotions waging a good Christian warfare in the battlefield of DNA. Battlefield of the mind. What's the battlefield of the mind? The battlefield of DNA. The battlefield of molecules, elements, cells, brains, blood, water. He's enthroned over the water, which means he's enthroned over DNA. Mm, that's good. So he is wanting to put his blood over the doorpost of your forehead. That's the gate of God. Lift up your heads, O you ancient gates, so that the King of Glory can come in. How does he come in? By the hearing of the gospel of God. <laughs> Once he comes in, he wants to take up residency, which is in my father's house, or many mansions of light. And once he has residency, he's also redefining the rooms, which are the windows and the storehouses of the heavens, 
which are all of these realms in the cosmos of the cosmic body of Christ. I am from above. What does that mean? I am a cosmic body, Jesus Christ, red letters. You look at, you see the natural body, that's fallen, that's blindness. Jesus Christ said, see my heavenly body, I'm a heavenly celestial body. Jesus Christ would say, I am from above. That means I am a heavenly body. What's a heavenly body? I have stations in heaven that brings out God's light. And this is just the lowest point of me that you're looking at down here on the earth. 99.9999% of what Jesus was, was above what they were looking at, that physical speck of dust like an ant on the ant hill of the earth. Nine, over 99% of Jesus of Nazareth was above that Jewish man's mm. body that he was occupying, as it is written in Hebrews, God has mm. prepared a body for me. Which means if we are only caught up in the body, we have forfeit mm. what Jesus Christ actually is. Cosmic inheritance. We've never really walked in it, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you got to become from above. Born from above, now what? Raised above. How are you going to be raised above unless you're taught above? What's above? Second heavens. So no one's taught second heavens called above. Therefore, we don't have maturity in the earth. And people cringe at that because it's it's foreign to Laodicean Christianity. It's foreign to Hora Babylon earthly Christianity. But it's the only way to mature. You'll never mature until you're above in second heavens. That's so good. And if you'd like more details on the teaching and the training about why you should rise in the second heavens and overcome in those realms in this kingdom age, as opposed to the limitations of the church age, you can find all the details on that and do a deep study. If you go and take our masterclass, Training in Righteousness, you can find the links uh, below in the description on the video. You can find links on our Facebook uh, page, so you want to get involved in that. A lot of those questions about, you know, why was it different in the church age? Why the second heavens? All those little things like that, you can go and do a deep study on that in the master class. Which I recommend. Yeah, it's important that everyone gets their, their masters of the master class. Amen. And I mean, take it seriously like you are in college because it's more serious than college, it's more serious than your work. It's more serious than your families. Truth and yeah. Because it's your eternal life. And if you're not learning the training and righteousness that Jesus Christ, your creator, has given to you, what are you doing with your lives? It's a priority. It's top priority. Especially for those that are going on to be champions. Right. I'm this- taking the class. Like I'm taking I'm sitting down and going through the class seriously. Because I I talked to the Lord. He actually showed me. I guess I can share this with you. Uh, he took me in a vision and a dream, and, and I saw the whole, this whole, you know, thing going on. But towards the end of it, what he showed me of the teaching that had already come out of my mouth from that class, what it actually had the power to do if someone would receive it, even more than how I've received it myself. And what it did is that spurred me on to like, oh my gosh, like I need to get it. Uh, I need to get this. More important than yeah. your families. It, that's Truth very true. Truth in Yeah, it's like... What do you mean it's time for this? Time for, like I've got training, I've got studying, you know, and it's it's really fun studying. It's really fun work. Uh, we're working on putting together more stuff. We might have a 
a cl- another you know official class at some point if we do that we'll have that you know listed for you with more workbook things if you like that kind of thing now but the teaching of god is the word of god god himself so it's not an idol is anything that comes before daily bread okay the word that come down from heaven is jesus christ himself i am the bread that's come down from heaven so god is the feasting and the feeding of your spirit that's more important than your families that's more important than your businesses that's more important than anything else you have no life in you unless you're hearing the word of god and doing it from your heart so the top priority is to make god the bread of heaven number one when that happens you'll have all the energy to hear see listen you can't get frustrated because your spirit's fed but if you're neglecting your first love see first love is top priority I have this one thing against you. You have forgotten your first love. You have all these other doctrines and you think your kids are more important. You think your money making and business is more important. You think your version of Christianity is more important. It's not. First love is Jesus, the person right here. What is Jesus' top priority? Father, give them their daily bread. The Lord's Prayer is priority top 1000 times 1000 for your spirit what god is wanting to do inside you first thing he says in the lord's prayer is give them food (laughs) without it you can't do one divine work your christianity will be carnal which means totally worthless it ain't christianity it's carnality it's horror babylon activity but if it's a well-fed spirit, if it's a spirit that knows how to eat, who's gotten the daily bread from the Lord's Prayer, your Christianity will be spiritual. Your Christianity will be a fountain of God's Spirit from your heart. When you're in the Spirit, you're in the river because your inner man is more fed than your outer man. If the outer man is more fed than your inner man, you'll never grow, you'll never awaken. You know, the truth is, most Christians have never awakened during their entire life. They die sleeping. What does the Bible say? Awake, O sleeper. Who's it written to? Born-again believers only. The Bible says the born-again believers only have the word that says, Awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. And they're all like, Oh, Christ already shines on me. You're a liar. You're totally deceived. What I'm talking about is the inner man living angelically. So it's in the river, it's in heaven all the time. So that the heavenly teachings can be heard and seen when they go forth. When Jesus would teach, he'd teach in visions. It'd wash over them like a picture language. If your inner man is not manifesting visions, when you're hearing the words of God, you're still Sleeping. So what do we need to do? Top priority is awakening through feasting. And it doesn't mean it's going to be all at once. It's not going to be this great epiphany. It's forcing your soul and your spirit to be in situations to learn the things of God. Oftentimes, it's just showing up for class. Yeah. Truth, anyhow. That's true. It's just being there. 
It's just the apostles being around Jesus and Jesus demonstrating divinity. And since we were there on the holy mountain, it is written, we got the impartation and we heard the Father's voice because we just spend time with Jesus. They noticed that these men, these uneducated men, were different. Why? Because they were just there. They just showed up and were around Jesus and they just it just oozed onto them. It's just being around the divine. Being around the Word of God. Even if your head's not getting it, being around it enough will change you. It'll sink in. Yeah, give it time. It's it's like what they say with anything in life, whether it's in the visible or in the invisible. Just consistency, consistency. Keep showing up. Uh, if you have some kind of a failure, keep showing up. If you do really well and you're like, how can I ever beat that? That was my best ever. Keep showing up. You just keep showing up, and with a genuine heart, without guile, just like a child, and you just keep showing up, you're going to have better results than someone who just has mountaintop experience every <laughs> once in a while, doesn't always show up. Well, those are the people, when those big life events happen, they're not ready. That's when they're freaking out because they're not sure who they're hearing, what they're hearing. Don't, don't mind if people around you say, isn't that a bit too much? Aren't you being a little extreme? That's a little over the top, don't you think? No. I mean, you want to get rock solid in the little things in life that don't even matter. I was talking to the Holy Spirit the other day and asking him how to crack an egg more better than I was doing it. Because sometimes there's a little piece of shell in there and then you got to scoop it out, use the eggshell. Man, I got a piece of egg in the little shell. And other times I wouldn't get the eggshell in there. So You repent until you make food more differently. More differently. More better. <laughs> more better than this. And I was just curious, and I was like, man, sometimes when I crack these eggs, a shell gets in there. Sometimes it doesn't. I'd rather if there was never <laughs> shells in there with the eggs, and I gotta scope it out. I'm trying to make my, my, you know, whatever I'm trying to make. And I asked the Lord, I said, I'm just curious, uh, Holy Ghost, how would you crack an egg? <laughs> and then he said, all right, this is the, this more narrow part. Hold it with that part facing upward. Tilting in towards the bowl a little bit, and then not the center of the egg, but just a little bit like the edge of the bowl, not the center of the egg, but just a little bit lower, and tilt it like that at such and such an angle. And don't tap it a few times, but make one decisive crack. Boom! It was perfect. I was like, Are you kidding me? The Lord God, Yad Hey Vav Hey, know how to crack an egg. <laughs> I was like, why did I ask you before, God? Why? I've been just trying to scoop, you know, that tiny shell, the tiny piece. Crack an egg master trying to scoop class. it out of there. I still don't get it. Anyway. I'll have to go watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, rock off. Rock off. <laughs> rock off. You crack your head like an egg. Crack my head like an From head. a pointy, narrow end. Pointy, narrow. Put <laughs> 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 it brains everywhere. <laughs> Make it like soup. <laughs> I'm good in that area. I don't need to learn how to crack, <laughs> crack eggs like Jesus. I don't know. I'm better. I'm already I better. I that teaching. I'm already better than God at cracking eggs. Oh, mm -hmm. Okay. But then I realized <laughs> I heard him so clear and so loud. I was like, you know, this is actually really beneficial because he likes to make food. Look at him. He does on the beach barbecue. Barbecue. His beach barbecue ministries. Let's bring it back. Fish mm -hmm. fry. That was one of the most 
searched items in Minneapolis, I think in 2022. Jesus is a chef. Was, where is a, sh- a fish fry near me? He'll outcook all of you. I was looking at Google Trends. But uh, it, the nice thing is, well, aren't you being a little over the top? Anytime I can't open a salsa jar, like if he's not around to help me, I would just, and I, oh, I can't, oh, no. And I've had witnesses, uh, you know, with friends trying this before when no, but there was like five of us. Nobody could open the salsa jar. Were we just... Jesus opens the jar for you. Woo! Yeah, I, I said, give me that salsa jar. And I, I was like, all, I mean, there was guys trying to open it. There was girls trying to open it. I said, I got, I fell with faith. And I said, give me that salsa jar right now. And they gave it to me. I said, Jesus, help me open it. Spirit of might. I said, Jesus, help me open the salsa jar. Pop. Everyone. Woo! And the whole kitchen erupted. Raising, praising God. Ah, God. Who opened the salsa jar? I mean, songs were coming out. Practically up there with the dead raisin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and got then, dead raisin, but have you seen the jar opened by the spirit of Mike? And I'm telling you what, we rejoiced. There was, it was a, a tangible presence. <laughs> and then shortly after that, I went to Then you the, have the chips and the salsa. Oh, we had the chips and the salsa. the rewards right away. Oh, it was instant gratification. Yeah, which was nice. And we that, that tasted better than any salsa, man. And then shortly after that, I went with a friend to the art museum or the gallery or something like that. It was like I think it was the one here in Minneapolis. And we're looking around, and they got this whole one getup of a of a, a false god or something like that, big old statue, and this god. And I said, I look at my friend. Bet you, bet you five bucks he cannot open a jar of salsa. Bare minimum to be called a god. Uh-huh, sure, god. I'm sure you are. Can you open it? If you're God, cannot open a jar of salsa. He is not God. My God can open a jar of salsa. How about yours? That's what I'm talking about. Amen. 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 Glory. That's what I'm talking about. So, the grace of the cosmic realm (laughs) to open (laughs) jars. Hey, it's got to be practical. But the, the, the point... It'll open your heart. It'll open your heart. It'll op- okay. He'll open the jar. He can open your heart. That's right. Yep, that's the way into your heart is opening jars That's the way into food. my heart. That's for sure. It's that good salsa. If you get him with food. That's for sure. And that's how Brandon, he's always got the good salsa at his, at his place. So. The food's yeah. bad. They won't even, it won't even come. No. Just forget about it. Especially this generation of foodies. Are you kidding me? They ain't showing up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Generic. Is it not even organic salsa? You know, added sugar. Really? I know it's the you devil because our food is bad. <laughs> oh man! Devil's well, kitchen. Yeah. Gross. Well, well, the practical side. The point. Oh, the point here is, we want you to be comfortable. And hearing the voice of God in the little things like that. The little. We could say it doesn't matter. Well. In that moment, those all became a source of a joy, the wellspring. It's a big deal up. if Jesus is hungry and he wants some salsa. It's, it's a big deal. It's priority number one. Chop, chop. <laughs> Get the man some salsa. He, he's resurrected. What do you need? <laughs> what was the first thing Jesus probably ate after the resurrection? That's We, say, we have it recorded, the fish fry. But it makes me wonder. Mm-hmm. But the point death. is, he ate death. <laughs> Just... <laughs> first he, things first. He ate demon horn. Mmm, delicious. Yum. Yum. Bowls of snakes for breakfast ministries. But uh, the point is, is 
You want to trust him with the little things in your everyday life and start to get familiar with his voice. And by doing that and practicing that, then when the big life decisions come, you've already been practicing. You've already been hearing him and, and saying, oh, that wasn't him, or okay, this was him. Okay, this was you, God. And you start to filter out what was the enemy, what was me. Surfing what was, in the river of life. Yeah. You're learning how to flow. So all those little everyday things, don't take those for granted, but use that as an opportunity to constantly interact with God, constantly interact with the Holy Spirit and your holy angels, testing them and, you know, trying and seeing because when those big life things happen, now you need answers and it better be the right answer or it's all going down the drain. It's going to be bad, right? That's typically when we get, you know, get the messages. Oh, can you pray for me? Or people ask, what do I do? And this is very common. Do I do this or do I do that? Can you tell me? Can you pray for me? Can you tell me? A lot of times, likely the answer, I'm sorry, is no. Even if God gives me the answer, there are times where he's going to say, don't tell them because this is their test. There are other times, absolutely, we will pray. And if the Spirit gives the, the counsel, the advice, it's good to seek wise counsel. Right from well, people everyone of God. to have mm -hmm. a personal relationship with Jesus yeah. inside their rich treasure of glory, which is right here in your bellies. It's the a lot of people hate to hear this because it's the opposite of Christian witchcraft personal ministry. Yeah, that's the well, worst stuff in the whole world. And so it, what that does it makes is you it, codependent on externalism. Exactly. Ooh, then you're leaning on people and not God, and we want you to be able to lean and rely on us as your leadership, and that's good and that's accurate, but. If all you're doing is when a big decision comes, you run to the most anointed person you can find and you ask them what you should do. And you might be asking me, oh, well, Rebecca, what's wrong with that? That's what I've been doing and it's worked. I'm telling you from experience and from the counsel of God, he was talking to me about this this morning, like early this morning. And then I had a confirmation, someone talking to me about the same thing a few hours later, confirming the Lord want to talk about this today for the body. Not just for one person, but for our whole community. I will tell you this from experience. On this cosmic journey, there will come a time where you have to make a decision. And God will have it. It's literally set this way on purpose. Every anointed person in your life will give you the wrong answer. And it's not their fault. You cannot be mad at them. It's your test, and God is telling you. And even if they know the answer, if they're in communication with God, they will say, no, I'm sorry, I cannot tell you, or I'll pray for you. You have to pass that test. I've had to walk th through this myself. He will on purpose set you up in a circumstance where you have to lean completely on him and his voice. It has to be, you have to be the one to hear him. And that's part of your growth. <laughs> and that's the thing oftentimes we don't want to hear because why do we go to try and find someone with wisdom somebody just tell me what to do Moses you go up and just tell us what to do he wants a nation of priests and there'll be times where you're going to get the help you have people around to help you you've got counselors you've got friends you've got family You've got, you know, RLM tribe in the glory. And there's that grace as you're rising. But I'm telling you, and you want to know when this is your time for that. 
when it's your time to make that decision and God is expecting you, right? He tests our hearts, what? Expecting us to pass a test. When you come upon that time and you don't really know and you don't see the answers coming, no matter how close to God someone is, they're not going to be able to help you with that. That's something that you have to walk with the Lord through. And you can't get angry. You cannot get bitter. It's nobody else's fault. This is just something that you've been in training for, and you have to do it. You have to make the decision. And it's going to be a decision that greatly affects your life. So you, you always do it within the nation and yep. within the tribe. It's not like you leave the nation and you don't leave the tribe right. and go out there and just get eaten up by devils. So it's within the context of the nation, which is the company God's assigned you with, which Israel, or the born-again race, and the tribe that the angels have, have brought mm-hmm. you into. And everyone has a tribe. Mm-hmm. And it's where your spirit man's growing in the celestial realms. That's why the 12 constellations represent the 12 tribes of Israel. You are growing up there in the constellation realms, whether you know it or not, whether your brain believes it or not, because you are cosmic creatures. So, what the enemy tries to do is misunderstand everything, go off alone, and be like, okay, now I'm, I'm just on my own. I guess right. I don't hear from anyone else. And so they hear everything through a demon. Perish for lack of knowledge. They hear, there's a word twisting through an alligator spirit, a lying leviathan spirit. So when you hear it, it forces into rebellion instead of transfiguration. You will never leave the body of Christ. If you do, you're with devils in hell. Okay, You're always in the body. You grow in the body. And if you don't feel like you're in the body, you need deliverance. You need to watch pigs in the parlor. You might have a spirit of rejection. You probably got 300 spirits in you. Cast them all out and cast the ones out you don't even know you have. Until there's an awareness of an acceptance into the cosmic body of Christ. And it will be like fire in your bones. It'll be fire in your brains. And you just keep growing. And in those places, the tests of maturity will be tests of wisdom to make mm-hmm. decisions based on the amount of food that you've already eaten. Yep. We eat so that we can perform acts of service to our Father. I mean, you understand, like, why do you, you refuel? Because you're going to need to do stuff. Right. It's your energy. Why do I eat so much bread? Why do I have such a, a strict diet of the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the blood of God? Because I need it to operate as a new creature in what God the Father has prepared ahead of time for me to do. If I don't eat, I don't fulfill my destiny because it requires the energy that comes out of feasting in the daily bread. And the wisdom. That's so good. Thank you. And like Brandon was saying, you know, for our more mature viewers, uh, a lot of times those tests they might come is that it might not necessarily come to you in this form uh, but oftentimes we'll see it come in the form of a big business decision or you know something in finances or something in family I've seen it where someone has to discern you know a false uh, spouse like the counterfeit is trying to be you know brought under life and or people that you let into your life but a lot of times you know a business decision or a career decision where do I go when do I go you might have people praying for you but when it comes down to that life-changing decision a lot of times you're gonna have to be the one to you know listen to the wise counsel but if 
the spirit if you know you have you know his voice you've been hearing his voice you've been testing every spirit and you've i'm talking about our mature warriors now you've been accurate let's say you're in like 80 to 90 percent accuracy on the regular everyday things when it comes to the really emotional things when it's our own you know areas where we might have dealt with strongholds or strong emotions whether positive or negative there's a little more noise in our soul there that's why when it's something personal to you it's usually harder for you to hear the answer correctly than it is you can say the answer for someone else or uh, an easier situation in your life I mean how to crack an egg it's very low risk I mean worst thing happens is I get another piece of the shell and then I'm digging it out again but when it comes to life altering or your family's life altering decisions if you've been talking to God every day from how to crack an egg to what do you think about this what's this is this what is that and practicing all five of your different senses inside right you know physical visible and physical invisible exercising your spiritual senses exercising and eating for your spirit you are much more likely much higher percentage of accuracy and potential for accuracy when that life-altering decision comes because that noise in the soul has to do with our emotions doubts worries and fears that we have about that area of your life and that's why it's a test of faith and a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again your angels are used to you making a mess and god expects you to not always get it right and through mm -hmm. your failures and not being perfect you learn how to be perfect and that's what really produces rock solid wisdom so it's not just like oh this is the end of the world if i don't get it right with my daily bread listen jesus is the <laughs> end of your world all the other stuff is just the path as long as you keep Jesus the end and the beginning of your world you can face it again next time you go around the mountain yep. you might have to go around the mountain I have dozens of times in areas of my life you will too you're not going sprinting straight up the mountain because you have a human nature so you have to understand God works with you right where you're at but if you're stubborn and disobedient you just have to fold into the process and make an effort to yield and in your heart postured towards him for growth that's what the holy spirit the main thing that grieves the holy spirit is the heart is no longer listening or available to learn anything as long as there's some childlikeness in there holy spirit will work with you he is amazing and he knows how to deal with us he knows your wounds your weaknesses he understands all of it better than you do He's just looking for hearts that are available to receive from him. Then he is, what does the Bible say? Your helper. And the Holy Spirit will help your socks off. And the Holy Spirit will raise you up. And you'll wrestle against the Holy Spirit just like Jacob. And get a name change, Israel, by wrestling the Holy Ghost. Until, instead of wrestling, Holy Ghost has won in your life through yieldedness every area you're learning to yield is an area you've wrestled with God Amen. and when the Holy Spirit wins you win which means the more you lose 
the more he wins. But it's not a losing by defeat. It's not a losing by poverty. It's not a losing by sexual morality. It's not a losing of character quality. It's a losing of a, of a territory in the soul to the possession of the Holy Ghost through faith, which is a reliance on his person possessing you. The strongholds are severe. The strongholds in this generation are so severe and they're not just individual. Babylon the Great is a stronghold over all civilization. It's a tower and it's all devils. And half of it tells you it's Christianity, even charismatic Christianity, one third of it is false prophet, which means it's lying signs and wonders and charismatic activity of angels of light. So it's, it's intense. So there's no one here that's good, just going to get it right except Jesus. And you have Jesus, so he needs to be the beginning and the end of your world. Because then, when you mess up and you just get into your humanity, instead of just losing hope, you just go more into him and you learn and become more teachable. So all your failure means that you're clinging more to Jesus. Jesus gets bigger on the inside through true Christian failure. Not moral failure, not any other kind of failure, but the failure that a human being can't do it except through yieldedness, which is your cross. Terminating myself trying to inherit salvation and learning how to be engrafted, learning how to yield, learning how to follow the Holy Spirit. See, the greatest leaders are the greatest followers. The worst leaders don't follow anyone else except themselves. That's what cult is. The greatest leaders are the greatest followers of Jesus Christ inside. And you're learning to be great leaders by following the leadership of the Holy Ghost who leads you to Jesus Christ. And He'll train you in the Word. He'll train you in the way. He'll train you how to get out of your brain every day. He'll train you in purity. He'll impart every aspect of His nature constantly into your spirit, and your spirit infuses your soul. Sometimes the angels come and help your soul just so there's less resistance, but the discipleship is spirit to spirit. Father of spirits, which means you're having your spirit fathered as much as you're willing to be a child, which means no know-it-all, which means no strongholds blocking dad and son. What son? Spirit. And if you're a father in any area of your life and God's not, you can't grow. You understand that? You have to be child to grow. The kingdom is only entered through childhood. This is where pride blocks you from ever entering entire promised lands and you never even know anything about them. You hear about them, but you won't have them yourself until there's a childlikeness, which is a yieldedness of vulnerability. Clay in the potter's hands. All these lessons in Scripture are to help us learn how to yield. When you're yielded, you're teachable, which means you're correctable, which means you're listening, and you have a desire to learn, and you're not a know-it-all. I have dealt with a 100,000 Christian know-it-alls in ministry, even more than that, you guys, and none of them can learn. None of them can rise 
Every time you say something, they're like, oh, I heard that in 1975, or oh, I had this before. It's not about that. It's the fresh and the new of what God is doing today, and it requires a fresh, new childlikeness. Don't matter if you're in your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, or you're 110 years old, you need to be a little child to the Holy Ghost. Then you'll learn something new every day. If you haven't learned anything new, it's because you've no longer become a child to the Father of Spirits. And your spirit ain't teachable. You can't listen. You already know it all. You have your own little routine. Most people get into strongholds of traditions in their individual relationship with Jesus Christ and stop growing. They stop growing. They're no longer accountable to the prophets to challenge their spiritual growth. They stop growing. You see 99% of them out here. They have their own individual interpretation of scripture and ministry of what they need to do to grow in God. You need to be around a company that challenges your daily systems and to, to shake them. If we're going to shake celestial bodies, we first need to shake terrestrial bodies which are your family systems in America, and to shake them, to have a morality based on the Holy Ghost and the glory realm and ascending and descending like angels. A completely different standard that doesn't exist yet in American Christianity. We need to shake our belief systems, challenge ourselves, get uncomfortable, learn higher wisdom, learn first family wisdom, learn Enoch's wisdom, learn Jasher's wisdom, Jubilee's wisdom, learn the ancient wisdom, learn the wisdom of Daniel, get outside the box and have a group of prophets around you and start speaking wisdom, sowing wisdom into everyone around you. You're going to reap what you sow. So as you're learning, you're also speaking what you're learning, which causes a gestation. One aspect of learning is speaking the thing you're hearing. If it's not invading your language and your communication, you're not learning it. Wisdom is a language, which means if you're growing in God, you're speaking a different word every season. You don't talk the same as you used to. All of you who are actually growing are changing your speech. You're learning how to pour forth speech in the terrestrial, in the earthly. As you go up, you pour forth speech in the heavens. As it is written, the heavens pour forth speech. That's the word that goes into the nations. That's how the stronghold of Babylon the Great comes down from civilization. From the heavenly Jerusalem, which is the word of God, the scroll. And it came down. How? By a people that went up. How did the people go up? Fully childlike. A people that have learned the word not just in the earthly. Can't have the full promised land by learning the Bible in the earthly. You won't have it. You'll be under principalities guaranteed. Your Christianity be full of deception, full of religion, full of demons. Until you're raised from the dead, your Christianity will be demonized 100% of the time. Which means you're learning higher things in God, challenging all your earthly Christian good ways. That's what needs to be shaken. Let it all be shaken. What's the great earthquake in Revelation? I believe one aspect of interpretation of the great earthquake of the book of Revelation is shaking earthly Christianity. 
since you know it's spoken in wisdom's language, what in the earth needs to be shaken? Charismatic, earthly Christianity. Shake everything that can be shaken. Why? So you can go up into the unshakable realm where Jesus wants you to go. You're growing up in an unshakable nature of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit yesterday, you stay at that level, it might be shakable today. Yesterday's manna turned into maggots. But it was the Word of God. Today it's maggots. Why? Because today there's fresh bread. Which means in order to stay invincible, in order to stay unshakable, there must be a daily growth, a daily clinging, a daily marrying. What does it mean to be married? To be joined to another. Mm, you know what word also um, means? Be married to the Holy Ghost every day. Uh, you know what also uh, means married? We were looking at I'll nasa my eyes to Keter. And uh, those that word, the words there in that uh, passage that we looked at after the bar the other night, the different meanings, one of them was married. So it's that journey to Keter is also your being more married or joined to, to God. So every time you conquer one of those trees, that part within you of your, you know, your spirit, your soul, or your flesh, it, it's you're joined to God, which means in that area of your life, now he is your God in control of that part of your life. Going from glory to glory is being joined more to him in marriage of union in light. So there's a, a marriage relationship. Marriage relationship with God is union, which means that his light is inside your spirit and looks like your light, but it ain't you, it's him. Married to uncreated light. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Mm, Union with the Father's glory. Hebrews 2 verse 1. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention. Pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard at Joel's Bar <laughs> and in the Bible. Amen. Lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. Wow, that's a warning there. Let's read that one more time. Put your hand on your belly and, and let, let this one sink in so that this won't happen to you by faith. All right, we're going to speak this over you. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard at Joel's Bar and the master class training in righteousness and the word of god and our holy ghost highlights what god's been speaking to us today this week this month this year lest in any way we drift past them and slip away so let those things not drift past you let your attention be fully focused more than ever before to the truths that you have heard already that you're hearing today and that you will hear in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, in the coming years, on and on, into the climax and then the fulfillment of this age. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Glory. Become a partner with Red Letter Ministries. Become a tither of all your house. Partner your whole house with this pioneering apostolic ministry. 
Ask the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's angels how you are to partner with Red Letter Ministries and if you are to begin tithing out of the increase of your house. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for partners signing up and beginning to finance Red Letter Ministries in a greater way, speaking to hearts and minds, removing greed from minds, removing deception about finances from many people's minds to become cheerful givers and advancing God's kingdom, excited, well-to-do givers, understanding what the sons of God are doing in the cosmic promised land, giving into the advancement and the pioneering of the promised land in this generation. Speak to many hearts and let many hearts soften and let many minds soften in the realm of financial giving in the Red Letter Ministries. Shadrach needs a new microphone because his YouTube ministry is growing. And so the microphone's about 500 bucks. All of the other stuff is about 250 to get the best microphone. Ask, how much will it cost, Shadrach, to get the best microphone that you want? You've looked at the story. You got the prices. He gave me all the prices. It's $750. If you want to give into RLM Africa's need right now for a new microphone and all the equipment they're going to have, the, the owner of the electronic shop, come down to the CFI RLM Africa studio and install it all professionally. And it will really take Shadrach's ministry and everything they're doing there in Nairobi, Kenya to the next level. So it's a big deal. The sound quality is is so-so on YouTube. You can still hear it, but it, we want to have the best. And so let's get him the best. All you got to do is click the links in the description. Any means that you desire to give, you can mail a check. Uh, the, the P.O. box is written in the description. And if you want to give through Zelle or through Bankwire, just email me, brandon at redlettermen.com. Otherwise, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, or the official uh, RLM giving portal, which is at rlm.tv slash donate. All of those, we're going to raise the funds and give through whatever way that's easy for you to give. We're just going to send them the 750 Please give in to this need. Bless you guys. We love you so much. Let a great blessing of the Holy Ghost and His grace, energy, be poured upon your minds to purify your minds tonight. That you'll never be the same because of the mighty work of God and His angels upon your souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory.
Jesus. 